0: Welcome to Next Steps, the Midweek Podcast from Blackhawk Church. My name is Tiffany Malloy, pastor of Spiritual Formation, and with me is Chris Cop, pastor of Evenings and Worship Arts. Chris, how is it going this morning?
1: I'm doing great. You know, just living the dream in Wisconsin. Like it's May, and I was up with my winter coat and my winter <laughs> hat and gloves. Like, isn't that what we all hope for this that time of year? That is true. It's and great. later
0: on, yeah. you'll be changed into your shorts. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, flip
1: flops in my backpack. So
0: so good. Well, today we are in for a treat. As you know, we are in the middle of a sermon series called Homecoming, which is loosely based on the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And we've been talking about what it looks like to emerge from COVID land in a new way. So on Sunday, Michael talked about intentionally rebuilding new habits and rhythms into our lives as we move forward. And so today we have invited a couple of friends in the room to talk about a tool that they have been using for a couple of years called a rule of life. So before we introduce them, Chris, why don't you give us a little background on what a rule of life is and where it comes from?
1: Yeah, I'm a little nervous to do this because we've got the experts in the room, so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm definitely uh, kind of on a learning journey with a rule of life. I've been on one for the last... Um, couple years or so. But the idea of a rule of life is often associated with St. Benedict, who was a Catholic monk in Italy who lived during the 5th and 6th centuries. He started a number of different monastic communities around Italy that were based on his rule of St. Benedict, which kind of just gave structure and guidance to what those communities would look like and how they'd intentionally experience life with God and with each other. Um, it's actually pretty long and very detailed. I was looking at it last mm-hmm. night. It's something like 70 chapters or or sections, um, and some translations are more than 30 pages long in English. Uh, but at some point, people began creating their own personal rule of life to help kind of guide the things that we're going to be about and the kinds of rhythms and habits we're going to be intentional with and to dream about what life could look like if we're living as healthy and whole human beings Um, who are experiencing intimacy with God and healthy relationships with others. So uh, yeah, I think that's what we hope to talk more about um, throughout this conversation, and and we'll dig deeper into some of those things.
0: Great. Yeah, I love that description, Chris, because I think when people hear rule of life, what they actually hear is rules of life, and that— feels a little bit suffocating. It can feel um, not super inviting, but it's not a bunch of rules, right? It's it's a guide. It's a set of habits and rhythms that we create that help us to become the kind of people that we want to be, who who are called to be, um, and to work along with the spirit of God um, transforming us. So, you know, Chris, I think that actually, I was thinking about this, I think we all have a rule of life. Just We yeah. just don't know it, right? So we all have habits and rhythms that are shaping us. Um, who we're becoming, how we're showing up in the world. And so um, some of those help us become the kind of people we want and some don't. And so as a church community, I think now is a really great time to think more about this because like Michael talked about in the season, we have an opportunity to reset in a way that maybe we haven't in the past. Um, You know, we experienced a major disruption in our lives. uh, And I think that while that was really difficult, this is the silver lining is that this is a really perfect time. Um, for new things to kind of take root in our lives. And so I'm excited to talk more about this and I'm excited about who we get to do that with today. So let me introduce our guests. Joining us are CJ Kloss and John Rice. Both of these guys have been connected to Blackhawk in one way or another for a while. And so CJ and John, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. It is fun to be in the room with both of you guys. Um, and so before we dive in, why don't, some people may not know you all, so why don't you just give us a little um, few minutes of your background, who you are.
2: You
3: want me to go first, John? Yeah, go uh, My name is CJ Kloss, and I'm married with three children, uh, Grace, Paige, and Landon. They're 14, uh, 12 as of today, actually, believe it or not, Paige, and then seven. Uh, we've been coming to Blackhawk for about 11, 12 years, right around there. Um, not long, actually, after this building was built here. Um, and yeah, so I've been on a long journey of following Christ with a lot of ups and downs along the way. Um, but certainly parenting has <laughs> has taught me quite a bit about um, kind of discipline and, and uh, thinking about what's going on in your life, which has led kind of naturally into... Mm-hmm. Rule of life. You know, you mentioned Tiffany yeah. um, not liking the term "rule of life," which I it my personality type is that I really don't like the term <laughs> "rule of life." Don't and, tell me what to do. Yeah, it's, it's which is funny because that's my middle daughter as well, mm. and so I kind of prefer the the thought at least of spiritual rhythms of life. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's helpful to any of the listeners, yeah. but for me, Good. that that is a little bit more um, tolerable. I like
0: yeah. that. Yeah.
3: So there awesome. you go. That's
2: awesome. me. And I'm John Rice. I uh, also married my wife, Nicole, and I have two daughters, Lauren and uh, Hannah. They're uh, 11 and 8. Um, yeah, and I've been coming here to Blackhawk for about the same amount of time, a little bit less probably. Um, and uh, unlike CJ, I love rules. I, <laughs> I am a rule follower. Um, so the idea of a rule of life was like, sign me up, give me more rules. I, I, I like the the idea, and that's actually something I have to be mm-hmm. cognizant of in terms of not making it about the rules yeah. and not about accomplishing or doing things as ends of, them, mm-hmm. of themselves but um, as a means to an end. Yeah, um, so so yeah,
0: I love that both of you guys found each other and kind of polar opposites, yeah. and I think that actually makes for probably a pretty healthy. Conversation and uh, so
2: John, it's what's your Enneagram cool. number again? Oh, I'm a one, <laughs>
0: John, I and two. Yeah. So I, I get you, I yeah. Get you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best number, by
2: the way, <laughs> the I mean, number. the perfect number, it's yeah. fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so good. All right, you guys. So, um, for those of you know people listening, for many people, this is their first kind of experience. They they had not when they woke up this morning, they had not heard of a rule of life. So, um, can you just talk to us a little bit about um, how you first heard about rule of life and why it's something that piqued your interest?
2: Sure. Yeah. I um, I mean, I grew up in the Catholic Church, so the uh, the concept was not foreign to me, but. <clears throat> Um, hearing more about it through, um, a few different channels and, and that for me is, is sort of how God works in my life where he keeps wrapping me on the head with the same idea multiple times and then eventually I listen. <laughs> um, but, uh, we were doing a, a program called Exodus 90, um, which is a very, um, uh, set program of disciplines where the idea started to form, uh, and then a friend of ours, um, Turned us onto this book called uh, *The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry* by John Mark Comer, um, where the idea really sort of came into full light, and and through that, um, just opened up my eyes and and sort of my heart to the idea of like the intentionality uh, that is that provides some some uh, promise for. For growth, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that was probably the main one that yeah. that sort of got us on that journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And when did? How long have you been um, kind of wrestling with this, or are using this in your life?
2: It's been about a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being intentional with um, with disciplines and with uh, uh, having some rule of life, even if it wasn't called that. For, for maybe two or two and a half years. But um, the actual like writing down a rule of life, it's really only been since uh, the beginning of this year okay. where I read the book probably last summer and then thinking through, all right, how do I move this from just a book I've read to an actual thing that impacts my life yeah. and um, forming something. So we've, we took a first pass at it in sort of the first quarter of this year then checked in again and said, "All right, do we need to tweak anything?" But sort of this iterative process of um, thinking through what are the the habits and the disciplines that that are um, fruitful and, and working, and what are the things that aren't, um, and different uh, you know um, sequences or different um, uh, things that we need to tweak as we go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I
3: would, my my entry into um, spiritual disciplines and rule of life was a little bit different than John's, probably not as historic, um, partly because I didn't grow up in the Catholic tradition, which I think is a little bit more connected to the idea of spiritual disciplines. Um, And I think in kind of evangelical, non-denominational Christian world, we can sometimes misassociate like disciplines with... um, What am I trying to say? Misassociate disciplines with uh, it not being an outpouring of the heart Mm -hmm. or being natural, Mm -hmm. right? And yet in many ways throughout our life, we implement disciplines all the time. Um, Whether it be you wanna run a marathon, right? You've gotta be disciplined and get up. You just can't show up to the beginning of the race. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether this be in keeping a job, Mm -hmm. they ask us to show up at eight Mm o'clock. And so we have to be there at eight o'clock or we lose a job. And so I think for me, just given what I mentioned, that I don't like too many things telling me what to do. For me, um, the idea of a rule of life was a little bit foreign, partly because of my upbringing and um, Christian traditions, but partly just because of my personality. So when we read Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, so one thing I wanna highlight and what John is saying here is that it was introduced to us, but he and I were part of an accountability group and we still are. And in that accountability group, these accountability groups are kind of interesting because you're trying to figure out like what are we actually holding one another accountable to? Mm-hmm. And is this what we call armchair Christianity where you just show up and kind of talk about stuff mm-hmm. Or is there something higher we're trying to call one another to? Mm. And so I think as we, and we had read um, The the Journey Back to You, The Road Back to You, The Road Back to You, which is an Enneagram exploration book. And then we read this book, uh, Ruth's Elimination of Hurry. And that really kind of laid the foundation for, okay, we know one another's personality types. (laughs) And now we also have a framework from which we can build spiritual disciplines. And so that has been a really big catalyst to our accountability group around now we feel like there's something we can actually ask that is more than just how's your family doing or how are your kids? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: That's great. So when you kind of talk about these rule of life things together as a group, do you each just have your own separate rule of life that you're kind of just checking in like, hey, how is that going? You wanted to be about this rhythm. Or are there things about uh, your rule of life that affect your your life together as, as a group of men? Tell me more about that.
2: Yeah, that was a... A really important question for us to figure out and work through as we were getting moving because both to CJ's point about well we have this accountability group what is it you know what are we actually uh, rallying around but also recognizing that each one of us in the group is in a different spot and um so basically it morphed into, we have a set of shared disciplines that we all said, okay, these are things that are sort of core to mm. who we are, uh, spending time in the word every day, praying, uh, Sabbath, et cetera. Um, and then there are some things that we form as a family and that we want these to be the rhythms that, um, develop and, and shape us, uh, as a family unit. And then there's some things that are just for me that, you know, my wife and my daughters are in a different spot than I am too. Um, and so it doesn't make sense for them to do everything that I'm doing. Uh, they should do things too. But, um, so there are some things that, uh, are just for me. So as we sort of sketched it out, it was that framework that of, all right, there are some things that we all can agree on that are important and we should all do. Um, and that was really important for the accountability aspect, but also recognizing that each one of us is different and for different seasons of life and, and where we are with our families and jobs, et cetera. It's kind of looked a little different. Yeah, that's good. And we built it off of John Mark Comer's framework from his
3: website um, because their church had kind of uh, worked through this whole process of a rule of life with I think everybody in their congregation. and so they had built um, like seven different categories to think about and apply. and so we we had used that framework, but it did get tricky i'll mm-hmm. I'll be frank on mm-hmm. early on when we began talking about this, it was like, hey, let's all do the exact same mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, and that d- didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, partly again where people are at in their lives what's happening with kids maybe where they're at in their own spiritual journey Mm -hmm. but we we at one point thought well then let's just throw that out completely and each do our own and that didn't work either Mm -hmm. because um, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Christ and for those who are interested you can read the book and John Mark Homer talks about this you know you have to just wrestle with am I too busy to be a follower Mm -hmm. of Christ Mm -hmm. and I think that's when we talked about moving completely away from shared disciplines, then we recognized like, no, if we're going to call ourselves followers of Christ, there should be certain things that we are marked by, right? And so to John's point, we didn't, it is important to allow for, you know, personalization of what it looks like in your own spiritual discipline and rhythms. And even with a spouse, I think that's important. But we found that there are important aspects. Um, You know, Sabbath being one of them Mm -hmm. for me, um, just... And again, I think different people have different traditions around Sabbath, but kind of like working against the way that God created the universe Mm -hmm. was problematic for me. Mm -hmm. And um, just kind of submitting to the idea of a rhythm of the universe and the way that God created the world has been for me, you know, Mm life-changing just to actually say, let's slow down on Sunday or whatever day of the week that would be. So those are some of the examples of kind of key pivotal elements of the rule that we implemented together.
1: That's good. I want to get a little more um, granular just for a second, because I, I would imagine the person that's like, okay, rule of life, maybe they're Googling it if they're not driving their car right now, but it's still maybe a little unclear as to as to what it is. So we're talking a lot about rhythms and maybe spiritual disciplines. So when you guys actually like sat down to figure out what your rule of life is, can you can you walk us through that a little bit? Like what, what are some of the things you're thinking through? Is it just a blank slate of like, okay, I want to try this rhythm and I'm going to work out and I'm going to read my Bible. Like is it just a list of like kind of goals that you're going to try to set? Or are there different areas of your life that you're thinking through about what they could look like um, if done well in relationship with God. Kind of walk us through, like, what exactly is it that you were writing down or figured out when, when you're talking about establishing a rule of life?
3: So this does reference back, John will probably give more specifics than I will, but um, it does reference back to the seven categories of that um, John Mark Comer had built. Um, but at a high level, there were areas of, silence and solitude prayer kind of education so scripture yeah family generosity um so it does at least what we go by
1: jmc by the way i don't know so (laughs) jmc if you're if you're listening (laughs) that means john mark gomer this isn't a visual medium but if you guys were here like half the people in the room have the book on their desk (laughs) right now so jmc let's go for it let's go with
3: jmc so, um, there's these different categories and that helped to kind of frame it up. Cause to your point, Chris, I think that was a struggle for me as well. Early on, I'm going, well, what does, what does this encompass? Um, but those seven broad categories touch just about every area of your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's also challenging. You do have to commit time to kind of sitting down and saying, what will that particular area look like? I mean, generosity being one of them. Again, I'm just, you know picking things out of the air. But, um, you know, for some people, this is a time commitment. For others, it's financial. I think for my family, it's both of those things. But looking at what really can work for your family in the season of life that you're in. And so, yeah, when you get it down into the nitty gritty, it is pretty interesting to see how some people will separate on those types of items, which is where I think allowing for some personalization in this is pretty important.
2: Um, what do you think, John? And I think a big part of leading into it and identifying what elements belong in a rule of life is an examination of what your current rule of life is, Mm. because it's not that we don't have a rule of life before you become intentional about it. It's just that it's there and sort of forming you as is. So, um, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? When you, you know, when do you go to work? When do you eat? When do you sleep? When do you or do you work out? Like all of those things that we all do, that's your rule of life. So it was just a process of saying, all right, how much time am I spending on my phone? How much time am I praying? How much time am I spending with my family? Or what does my Sunday look like? Um, so that's sort of step one for for me um, is just looking at what was my life before really sort of defining what i want it to be and being intentional about it so um it it is like T.J. was saying a holistic and and broad base you know looking at every aspect of your life in these different categories and say is this i I am doing things but are they the things that i should be doing so um going through those categories and then going through because not everything is something that you do every day. So Mm -hmm. um, there are things that we do every day, but there's also weekly, monthly, annually, um, where going through that uh, template, it basically helps you analyze, all right, when was the last time I actually served the poor? When was the last time I actually um, took time as a silent retreat? Never, but Uh (laughs) I want to in the next year. So um, there are things like that uh, that um, you know, just looking at the the unintentional rules that we have uh, and challenging it, and like you were saying, not just going with the um, the the tide of culture and and whatever you know everybody is doing, um, and and being intentional about it.
3: Well, and if I can add on to that, um, and I may be jumping ahead here, but. I do think this is, as you get into it, it's a breeding ground for pharmaceutical behaviors. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful with that. Like I'm better because I do X, Y, Z. Um, so that can easily come out of a rule of life if you're not careful. Yeah. That's
0: actually, I know. I think I, I'd love to even. I don't know if you have more to say about that because I, I do think that that's an easy tendency for us as yes. humans, and and kind of even John, like you said, that's an easy for us ones, right? That yeah. is an easy to love the mm-hmm. rule um, instead of what the rule is creating in us. And so I don't know yeah. if you have anything to add to that.
2: I mean, the the analogy I've heard or the metaphor, I guess, is, um, and there there may be some linguistic ties to this, where the the Latin ru- ru- word for rule of regula can also be applied to a trellis you know like what uh, a vine would grow on and so that idea and that metaphor of a trellis has really stuck with me that um, you know the trellis can really amplify the amount of fruit that a vine can produce and not that a vine can't produce fruit on the ground certainly it can but you um, you add a trellis to it and it just blossoms and so Um, that is where the rule comes in where it's like, okay, what is the trellis that's going to keep your spiritual life off the ground, away from predators, out of the weeds? uh, But don't mistake the trellis for the vine. Don't mistake it for the fruit itself. Um, So we're we recognize the value that it provides um, but not letting it become an end of itself that it's like okay that you don't go to a vineyard and say oh look at that beautiful trellis right <laughs> like you look at the fruit yeah. that I do John <laughs> yeah, so, so um, yeah you might you might appreciate a good trellis when you see one for those who have <laughs> built a trellis but but um, uh, yeah, so it, it, that's a really important thing for for us that are drawn to rules is recognizing that um, they are not what gives life. Mm. Like they can help you connect to the life giver, yeah. um, but that's that's where I keep going back to and. and God is not Mm shy about reminding me of that too.
0: (laughs) Um, Our good friend JMC, I had written a quote down that I really enjoyed about this topic. He says, "Um, What a trellis is to a vine, a rule is to abiding, it's a structure, in this case, a schedule and a set of practices to set up abiding as the essential pursuit of your life. It's a way to organize all of your life around the practice of the presence of God to work and rest and play and eat and drink and hang out with your friends and run errands and catch up on the news all mm-hmm. out of a place of deep, loving enjoyment of the Father's company. So, uh, so, so good. I just love that. Yeah, <laughs> so, so good. good. <laughs> there is more in that book, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, so good. Um, can you, uh, hopefully this is, um, uh, yeah, just a good next question, but uh, you guys are married, you have kids. So um, you had talked about there is some of this rule that is your yours and there is some rule that is your family's. And so how, could you talk us through for those people who maybe are married or do have kids, what could this look like and inviting them into this process as well? How do you guys create this together, whether that be with your spouse or how do you talk about it with your kids?
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's not... Uh... I don't have a, a formula and going back to something Chris said at the very beginning, I am not an expert for the record. <laughs> um, so uh, take this for what it's worth. But um, the the way we've approached it is, um, you know, certainly I'll be uh, mindful of, of the potential impacts of any given discipline on the family um, and in particular with my wife. But, um, you know, I think it's really provided and, Uh, an additional um, reason for us to connect on a deeper level and talking intentionally, again, about um, what we're doing as a family. Where prior to this, it wasn't that we didn't talk about spiritual things. It just wasn't, we didn't have as much fodder as maybe we do now. Um, And because of the iterative nature of some of these disciplines, it really... um, it's important for us to reexamine it together mm-hmm. and say, how is this impacting you? So whether, yeah, you know, if I'm doing, uh, fasting or something like that, and Nicole is, is, um, helping with, or doing the meals and all of that, uh, she needs to know what I'm up <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, right. Yeah. And not that she needs to fast also, mm-hmm. but you know, if she's going to prepare a different meal based on whether or not I'm eating or not eating meat or whatever it is, yeah. um, that just like okay, I need to be talking to her. So, yeah. and then just like daily rhythms of spending time together as uh, a couple and things like that. Um, it's been really fruitful for us as a couple uh, and as a family. Um, and as CJ was saying, like our Sabbath looks totally different than it mm-hmm. did before. And the girls at their age, I'm I'm hoping that it it just forms them differently yeah. as like okay, this is what life looks like. Yeah. Um, so there's. There's sort of like the um, implicit or just uh, natural ways that it's impacting the family. And then there's some very specific like direct conversations, especially with my wife, that we have to have about how are we doing yeah. this? Yes. It, yeah, I would echo everything
3: John said, and I would add to that. It's, it's a challenge. Um, I think, again, this is where rubber starts meeting the road as it relates to is your spouse on board? Mm-hmm. um when we began this it was an outpouring of our accountability group and it, and blair and i that's my wife we have some things we do together to kind of grow in our spiritual walks but then we also have kind of these individual things that we do and so when we were exploring this book and moving towards it i was like amped up <laughs> <laughs> for those who have read it when you if, if it strikes you you get really excited it's like let's change everything in our lives <laughs> um and of course, she hadn't read that, so wasn't quite as excited. <laughs> and so we had to really slow down, I think, as we were starting to build rules of life within the accountability group mm-hmm. around like, oh, that one would impact my spouse, and that would impact the kids, and that would impact our Sundays, and my kids are in a lot of sports, so those are important yeah. considerations. And I would say to this day, as I sit here right now, we're constantly struggling with this. Yeah. Um, Because the way in which my spouse wants to approach uh, these spiritual rhythms compared to the way that I do look a little bit different and finding alignment is important or I should say trying to find alignment. So what I'd say, Tiffany, is um, that's like an ongoing uh, real struggle. But it kind of gets back to the spiritual warfare side Mm -hmm. of it, because I do think there's things going on that are constantly working against you. John's heard me reference, the tide of culture is a, it's not a tide, it's a tidal wave. And it is, if you put one foot in it, you're going to get swept away. And so I just find that I'm constantly swept away by cultural trends that move me away from Mm -hmm. these spiritual rhythms.
0: That's good. Both of you guys, I think, have mentioned Sabbath as one of kind of the important rules. And I wondered if we could just dive deeper into that as one example of um, what does I don't know if we can, what is your rule around that? What is your rhythms? Um, How is that affected? Because I actually think that that is one of the biggest challenges as we begin rebuilding post kind of this COVID pandemic season. It is, Michael kind of talked about this on Sunday, but... um, the, the pace of life, what we were being invited into by our culture is do this. You haven't done anything. You know, go here, buy this, move faster, move faster. <laughs> and so I'd be curious um, as to how you are experiencing that uh, and what your, your practices are around that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's both been a, a real transformation for, for me and my family and also not um, – extreme. I, at least I don't think in terms of what, (laughs) what it took to, to really carve out that time. Um, you know, at, at a core, at its core, it's really making sure that one day a week, which for us is Sunday, um, is devoted to worship and rest. Um, and so that means attending, um, church on Sundays, like that's like, worshiping as a community and being in the presence of Jesus and um, making the day about Him, um, it's the Lord's day. Uh, but also living the rest of the week a little bit differently, knowing that the rest of that day is not about catching up on chores, it's not about shopping, it's not about watching TV or sports or whatever it is. Um it's rest, and it's spending time as a family together. And so um, I've moved chores to Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, all right, all of that stuff gets done before Sunday. Um, and the uh, the time both at church and then after with, um, you know, whether just some spiritual reading or just playing games, going outside now that the weather's better, mm-hmm. um, they're just ways of worshiping and experiencing God's creation mm-hmm. um, that make Sunday, make the Sabbath much more of a highlight of the week mm-hmm. rather than, you know, at uh, different phases of my life. It's kind of been a day I dreaded where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the day I have to get up for church or this mm-hmm. is the day that I have to catch up on all of my work before work starts again, right? Like, yeah. it's like another work day. So um, that mm-hmm. that has really... You know, And again, uh, we're all referencing <laughs> Mark Comer, but the idea of just living the rest of your week differently. Um, and one thing that uh, CJ and I have talked about is the show, The Chosen, um, where you really get to see some of uh, what life was like uh, when Jesus walked the earth um, and see how they, how integral the Sabbath was in that culture was like, oh, maybe, maybe my life isn't ordered correctly, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it puts it into a visual medium of um, what, how the Jewish people at mm-hmm. that time experienced Sabbath and, and was helpful for me. That's
0: cool. We will actually put a link to that in the yeah. show notes because I actually have not watched it, oh, but man. I have heard such any, amazing things. It's
2: another
3: one of those Normally the, must like read, watch. <laughs> Normally the conversations
0: yeah. are like, I know this is going to sound hokey, but this is not hokey. Like, this right. is real. You've yeah. got to watch the show. Yes. So yeah. yeah. yeah,
3: No, I don't have much to, to add to what John said. The only part that was a little bit of a different experience for our family was John was saying it's not that significant or profound. and. I would say that's true because it's, it's a pretty simple day, mm-hmm. right? Um, worship and rest. And yet to worship and rest one day of the week when you haven't been, mm. especially if you're in a family like mine where Sundays are sports, baby, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. um, that is very different. Mm. But I will tell you connection with my children on days when we are able to Sabbath is profoundly different mm. than other days. So one of the things that we're very focused on as it relates to Sabbath is no technology, period. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that has to be in everybody's rule, but I will tell you that is another one of the tidal waves of society mm-hmm. is just how technology is constantly in our faces, and especially for young people. Um, I'm thinking for my kids. So, so you,
0: have, you have teens. Yeah. Right, Teens right. exactly. and teens. So yes, this is a big yes, our daughter's out. a yes. freshman.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, you know... And furthermore, COVID just accelerated that in terms of that's the way now that young people communicate with one another. So to actually have a day where you're turning off technology, TV, iPads, phones, everything, it's it's like healing for the soul. Um, so that that's yeah. all I would add to it.
1: So you guys have been doing this um, for a little while now. How have you seen the rule of life? Um, maybe just kind of shape you in the most significant way? What's kind of the biggest impact that it's had on your life up to this point? Easy question, I know. Right. But throw that out there. I'm actually going to give an easy response.
3: I feel like I can actually hear um, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I think, um, yeah, this is actually it kind of chokes me up a little bit. This is a profound area of my life where the pace of my life was so extreme that it was like somebody likened it to a, um, like a train. If you've ever been near a train as it goes by on the tracks, it's just like, a, it's a dull roar, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of converse with people, but you're yelling. Mm-hmm. And so like the pace of my life was like living around a train track. Mm-hmm and you lose the ability to hear any other voice, especially if it's a still, quiet voice. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, if I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit or I felt the Lord leading me towards something, it was easily washed away mm-hmm. by the, the drowning out of mm-hmm. society. Yeah. But f- stopping mm-hmm. and praying, and so silence and solitude, we haven't talked a lot about that, but that's a big part of this as well, mm-hmm. so. Um, one of these would just be kind of the way in which you pray—pray pray contemplative prayer—being one of them, actually being open to hearing the voice of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, and that's been profound in my life because um, because hearing what the Spirit is leading me to is not what my everyday life was leading me to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a change in just direction, not because of anything I'm necessarily doing, but because of what I'm hearing and receiving.
1: Yeah, that's powerful.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that is a a big one. Um, and the the daily practices I feel like have really been um, aiding in that. The other thing that I found, and again, that, not to make it sound like I've I've achieved this, but I feel like I'm much more on a journey towards um, l- letting Christ's love flow through me rather than just seeking after it, mm-hmm. um, because you know. Whether it's just a a mental exercise of ascent or whether it's something that is actually, um, you know, the the actual outpouring of the Spirit through your life uh, was an idea that I kind of got, but Mm. didn't root itself and pour through me. And that is sort of where I I feel like that's where God's leading me right now is beyond the, uh, okay. All right, John. You <laughs> you've spent time with me. Now go and be sent. Um, and I think that is, again, going back to the the fruit and the the trellis. It's like okay, that fruit's not going to produce immediately. But let the vine grow, and then the fruit will start to grow on it. Mm. Um, and that is, uh, again, not that something I've I've achieved, but that. I can see that just like this time of year, looking on the trees and seeing the, them start to, um, or fully uh, flourish, it's like, okay, I mm. I can feel like the, the buds are forming and things like that where um, I've had practices that have allowed the Spirit to work, um, and you just have to be faithful and let the Spirit do that, um, but it has made a big difference having that, that structure to allow more growth.
0: And I think I mean CJ, when you were talking about um, this rule of life, helped you to hear God's voice. And I think one of the conversations that I have most often is people saying, how do I hear God's voice? Does the Holy Spirit actually transform us? Like they're looking into themselves, they're looking at the world around them, they're looking at and just wondering, is this God real? If he's if he's real and the Holy Spirit is actually living inside me like how how do I change because I'm not seeing I'm not seeing myself transform. And so mm. I think part of the problem is is that we have given ourselves over to a lot of different kinds of rules that we're not thinking about. And so I love that you brought that up of, um, that is an answer is, as we're trying to know God more and we want to become more like Jesus. And this is a way to, you know, to, to put ourselves in the path of the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. And then, and then John, you were talking about not, this is not just for you. This is not just to connect you to God, but it's, it's actually, it's, it's allowing the love of Jesus to flow through you, to to make your communities, your neighborhoods, your families, um, for them to see the love of God in and through you. So I just feel like it's not, right, not just for ourselves, but that's an important part, but it's also um, for our communities. And, and yeah. so it's...
3: I think so often we can think of kind of being part of the Christian community as something that's so big and profound that, you know, what difference do I make? Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a reflection on it. And I think through this journey of trying to follow Christ, which is, <laughs> um, which is a disaster to be quite frank, it, <laughs> it's often wrought with more failures than successes. But I've just really come to grips with the fact that it is much smaller than it needs to be mm. massive and profound mm. in terms of like what I see my impact being. Mm. And so I think, you know, for me, my mission field is certainly what I do for a living, um, but also just recognizing like, Hey, I'm going to really dig deep into a few core close relationships Mm -hmm. and I'm going to encourage and develop. And I'm certainly going to spread the gospel in my community, but I'm really going to dig deep with a few. So John being one of them, he's one of my spiritual kind of mentors and anchors. And, um, that has really helped me to not feel so disconnected from the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and kind of the movement of what the holy spirit is doing in the world because otherwise it's like you're just this person in a big church kind of on an island like well i'm doing the stuff but there's nothing really deep happening in my life Mm -hmm. um and focusing less on (laughs) this massive church and more on small community relationships has really helped to deepen my relationship with the Lord. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the, um, that's one of the, the hidden blessings in this pandemic is it's forced cutting the weak ties in our, in our world and really strengthened, at least in my life, the strong ties. Um, and that's just one of those things that, um, I wouldn't have asked for mm. or, um, you know, even sought out uh, previously. But it was like, you, I found myself in this spot and I'm like, oh, mm. God was doing something oh. here. Um, and again, not that uh, the the pandemic and, and COVID is a good thing, but that God is working uh, through all things uh, for the good. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's been a big one.
0: you guys well as we wrap up um obviously John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is the resource that you recommend we'll link to that are there any other resources that um
3: The Road Back to You yeah was another one and, um it's completely different set of sure. um kind of area of focus but that was a good exploration at least for our accountability group anybody who's listening is part of small groups and want to kind of develop further and
2: understand different personality types that was helpful oh. for us yeah Absolutely. Um, one other one that I'm actually reading right now is called You Are What You Love by Jamie uh, oh, Smith. Yeah. And he's a, uh, a professor, I think, um, at Calvin College. Um, it's the same idea, um, but taken sort of in a different way of both being intentional about who you are, but that who you are isn't just what you know, but it's what you love, mm. um, as the name would imply. Yeah. Um but that taking that same examination of not just what are your habits, but what are you oriented towards um, and where are your loves drawing you? Um, that's really started to again, take my life and, and say like, all right, what, how is this playing out? What am I drawn towards? Because it's not just the the head knowledge, but the whole self that God wants.
1: So. Yeah, that's really helpful I won't, like so we're in all this conversation we're talking about rules and really specific things um, as we talk about the rule of life but I almost wonder if the more important word in that phrase is life instead of rule <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as I started on my journey with this advice that a mentor gave me as I was trying to figure out how, how to do this was just thinking about the why behind these things and not just the things or the practices themselves so um, for example in his life uh, he's in his mid40s our thing was like we would always go to buffalo wild wings and, and eat wings when we worked worked together and um, always you know enjoyed that or getting burgers or things like that but he came to this this point where he's like I had this kind of come to jesus moment where i realized that in my family like my dad died of a heart attack at the same age that i am right now and so um, he's like my health if i'm honest probably isn't great and my kids are entering high school Um, my why isn't like well i'm just going to stop eating wings like no one's really successful with that kind of like a practice or rhythm but my why or the thing that i'm gearing this rule of life toward in this area is that i want to be around to see my daughters graduate high school and that's what motivated his rule of life in the area of like physical health. The practices, the the, the things that we do to, to get at those things um, will change, like that might change in his life, but like just taking a step back and envisioning like what do I want my life with God to look like. I had a similar thing to, to CJ when I wrote down um, my rule of life a couple years ago. It was slowing down and quieting the noise in order to become more aware of God's presence. That was my dream of what my relationship with God could look like. And that's looked a lot of different ways in practice. Sometimes it's taking technology out. Sometimes it's um, engaging in solitude or contemplative prayer, the, the practices and the rhythms can and will change, but like, don't forget the life part of the rule of life and just dreaming about and praying through like, God, what is it that you want my life to look like in these different areas? Um, and even just writing that down and then letting that guide these rhythms and these practices and, and the things that we want to be about.
0: Awesome. Well, you guys, thanks so much for joining us today. It has been fun. I feel like we could probably talk about this for a lot longer. So, you guys, thanks for sharing all your wisdom and just your experience yeah. as you walked through this. It's um, great to be
3: here. Yeah, experience. thanks for having us.
0: All right. Well, if you are interested in learning more or in creating your own rule of life, you can check out our show notes or our series resources page on our website for some tools to help you with that. We'll link you. To, we'll link to some of those things that we talked about today. Y'all, I just want to say take some time right now, open your calendar, black out a few hours to really think through this next season as we are coming out of COVID. Who do you want to become? What do you long for God to do in your life, in your family's life, in your community's life? And then think through what are the habits and rhythms that I need to help my life to get me there? So you guys, this is good work. It can be fun work. It can be really difficult work, but it is worth it. So, But you guys got to do it. So feel free um, as you are thinking and praying through this process to reach out to any of us if you have questions or if you want to talk through something. So thanks again for joining us today, and we will talk to you again soon.